Hi, this is Craig Williams, your host for the Visions 141 podcast and publisher of the Visions 141 magazine. Each month, we meet up here and have conversations with the people who are making the schools of District 141 and, by extension, our community here in Ottawa special. Whether it's putting together lunch for 1,700 students in five separate buildings, weaving together our strong curriculum with professional instruction, helping kids explore their extracurricular interests, or keeping our buildings clean and well-maintained, one thing is certain to me. It takes a village. So join me in my conversation today with custodian Jerry Castelli, District 141 parent and alumnus, lover of nostalgic Ottawa eateries, mid-80s guide to historical downtown, and a genuinely nice guy. You're at Central, am I right? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. Since, since when? How long? Oh, I've been there since the building opened in 2000, well, December of 2011, basically. And then 2012, of course. Were you in one of the other buildings before that, or was that when you began with the district? No, I started here in 2006, a little after Thanksgiving. Are you an Ottawa native? Yeah, I've been in Ottawa all my life. Yep, so, lived here so, all my life. So I'm guessing you're a, you're an alum of 141 at some point, oh, right? Oh, certainly. Yep. Yeah, I went to Lincoln, Jefferson, and Shepherd. So you knew where all the dirty corners were before you even started, right? Except well, that that building wasn't there. <laughs> this one, well, of course, Central. But yeah, Shepherd. it was nice to go through all the old schools that I had gone to school in, and I had a lot of memories there. When we go back and, and visit the buildings of our past, and, and especially schools, I think, right, there's this sense of deja vu almost. I mean, even the smells. Did you find that when you came back in as an adult, as a, an employee of the district, that, wow, this place smells like I remember it smelling? Absolutely. Especially the art room. The art room always smelled like construction paper and I don't know, paint, tempera paint, maybe something like that. Right. Crayons. Good memories. Yep. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. central. Wow. What a beautiful building. I mean, I, I know that it's 10 years old now, but it's still, it's just such a gorgeous facility. It really is. It's it's really big, a lot bigger than I'm used to. You know, with I mean, Shepherd was big, but then we got the two levels and everything. We've got that main hallway that's quite a walk, but it's fine. You know, but it, it's a very nice building. The the they call it the cafetorium, where you can switch it from a cafeteria to an auditorium, and they've used that quite a bit. You know, we have the Ottawa Concert Association that uses it. I think they have four concerts a year. I think it's a city group of people that donate to it, and then they get the tickets and they go see the concert. <clears throat> My dad belongs to it, and a couple of his friends belong to it. It's it's very nice. They enjoy the concerts. All right, so Jerry, we got to date ourselves here. When did you walk the halls of Shepherd? When were you there last? I was there last in '83. All right. Yeah, I so started high school you? in 84. So when you think about your memories of being in Lincoln and later, you know, when you were at Shepherd and you know, what are your what are your memories of being in elementary and grade and junior high school there in Ottawa? Lincoln school, I remember it's usually the holidays I remember the most. You know, Halloween, we would have we would sing in the music classes, different Halloween songs, things like that. I remember in kindergarten when my mom let me go to, to school. She It was like a, it was symbolic almost. She was standing in the sidewalk and she said, you need to go. So she made me walk 
down the sidewalk into the front of Lincoln School, and I kind of panicked because I wasn't used to being on my own, you know, and that's 1976, you know, six years old, five years old at the time. So I remember that very well. Jefferson, I remember sixth grade the most. I had a great teacher named Barbara Cooper. Mrs. Cooper was a very nice lady, really good teacher. I guess they would call it anxiety now, but, you know, back, back then in like 1980, I was kind of a shy kid, so she had me come out of my shell, guided me out of that, so I was able to kind of express my personality a little more, and that was really nice. At least one of the teachers that, you know, you can remember having a real impact on you. Is she the teacher that sort of reached you in a way that you will forever remember in that way? I think her and Mrs. Scott, she put up with a lot of guff. You know, she was my fifth grade teacher and third grade teacher, and so she helped me along too. You know, I love teachers because they they constantly, they know their job is tough, but they always, you know, they're always trying to do what they can do to make sure the kids know what's going on and teach the kids and things like that. You know, I'm sure this was the case for you as well, but I know when I was in school, yeah, sure, we, we knew the teachers, we remembered special teachers, and there were those who had a real impact on us. But you know what? We also remembered the bus drivers and we remembered yeah. certain custodians and I'm yes. sure there were people like that in your life. Right. And you're, you're maybe one of those people now to these kids. I got to believe, right. Do you feel a connection with the kids in the school? Oh, I always do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I try to be that, you know, I'm not really an authority figure, but I try to be that kind of in between the authority figure and, and just telling the kids, you know, you're going to be okay. You know, don't worry about it. You're going to have a fit, but it's fine. You know, we can get you some help if you need it. I try to connect with them in that way. Central, they would have the kids work with me if I needed to set up the cafetorium for some kind of event. So I would have a, a couple kids after school and they would help me set that up. And it got to the, you know, the point sometimes where the kids kind of just wanted to go and, and work with me, which I thought that was really nice, you know, but the unfortunate thing is that you know, being in fifth and sixth grade, if I see them 10 years later, I'm not going to I'm not going to recognize them at all unless they say something to me. And I'm sure that happens with everybody. My dad was a teacher for years. He worked at Serena High School and he said he'd see people that they'd say, hey, Mr. Costelli, how you doing? And he's like, I'm not sure I know who you are, but hello. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, there's a vast difference between a fifth or sixth grader and, uh, you know, a 25 year old. But at the same time, when you do have, you know, grown people come up to you that have been part of your, you know, your student population when you, when they were younger. I mean, that's got to be kind of a rush, right? Oh, it that, is. It's, it's really enjoyable. I really appreciate it when they do say hi to me. I've been here 15 years, so I haven't, you know, the first class that I was working with was my son's class and he graduated in 2011. So I haven't really I'm not sure if I've seen all, you know, any of those kids yet. It's always very nice when they come up and say hi and things like that, or just see me at the store and yell at me and wave at me. You know, it's, it is very nice. You know, you're meeting kids where they are, whether you're teaching or whether you're being the custodian, but you know, you mentioned earlier, you're not an authority figure per well, se, but you are right. Oh, of course. Down to it. If there's a kid messing up, I got to 
tell them. You know, I yeah. find the people that need that authority to take them in and talk to them. But of course, I'm going to stop them from doing something, you know, that's going to, you know, potentially harm them or harm somebody else, you know, things like that. Or they're just goofing off. I give them a bit of the dad voice, you know, in the cafeteria. If the, the kids are just being too loud, sometimes I take the mic and just say, hey, you know, settle down. Well, and two, you know, you mentioned that day when your mom sort of waved you off as you were heading down the sidewalk to Lincoln, you know, and you're you're this shy little boy and trying to deal with this new set of circumstances. I have to believe you have a, a relatability feature with some of these kids for some of the things that you were involved in as a, a younger person, right? Oh, I do. Yeah, I understand, you know, some of the kids that's tend to, I don't know what the word is, to be a little sloth, I guess, you know, and they they (laughs) just a bit complacent. You know, I was there, I would, you know, and you try to encourage them. I had the privilege to visit all five schools when I was there doing photography and, and just getting the tour of the, of the physical plant of the district. You know, what I saw was a real school community and kind of a series of sub communities within the larger community. I feel like there's a real character to each of the, each of the buildings and all of it feels very much like a family kind of an atmosphere. What is it that you see standing out as the real strengths of of Ottawa schools? And maybe if you want, start with Central. You know, when you look around and you're like, you know, we're pretty lucky here. You mentioned that your son went through. You know, what are some of the things that stand out in your mind about the district that's remarkable? When I started, actually, well, when I got to Shepherd, I felt like that everybody just latched on. They welcomed me. They're very welcoming people and they work very hard and they and they really try. And that's the thing that I've noticed as an adult going into school and working that I noticed that the teachers, they really want to help these kids and they really try to get in and help them. Kind of. I see the same things in different schools. Jerry, you're surely not alone, that building and maintaining, keeping it going. You must have a team that you work with, don't you? Of course. Yeah. There's yeah, three other many, custodians here. Do you divide the work on a, a shift basis or are you all there at the same time? I'm on the day shift until three o'clock. And then there's two custodians that work the night shift, which is three to 11. And then we have a part-time custodian here. This is the only school that has four custodians. And he works from two o'clock to six o'clock, I believe, or eight o'clock. I think eight o'clock. Yeah, six hours. So, and yeah, we they take care of the initial cleanup after the after school's done. What we have is the the part time guy. He works in those areas that are kind of before the classroom wing, which is by door five in the school. And then the other two custodians take one floor apiece, and they work downstairs and upstairs and clean out the rooms and the bathrooms and take the trash out and things like that. They're also in charge if there's a game that night or if there's an event that night that they come down and see the people come in and it's safe and everything like that and then get whatever they need for that and then they have the cleanup that they have to do at the end of the night too if they have activities you know along with whatever they do normally every day and then myself i basically come in and get the school you know i walk around the perimeter make sure everything's secure we have that little red schoolhouse right now i'm opening that up for karen roth that comes in and has a couple classes and then um I come into the school and I get breakfast ready, tables and garbage and things like that. And they have breakfast. All the kids come in and then I'm basically just cleaning up, sanitizing, doing glass, things like that up until lunch. When lunch shows up, I'm busy from about 11 o'clock until three o'clock taking care of lunch and, and cleaning it up and 
putting everything away and things like that and getting that ready. You know, if we have an event, I need to set that up. So I start setting that up. And then that's why we also have a part-time guy that comes in it too. He set, sets up events with me. I mean, that's a full day. I've had an opportunity to interview several custodians, you know, since we've been doing these, these programs at other schools. And one of the things that never fails to sort of impress me when I think about it is what school would be like without the custodians, right? Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't function. You actually could not function. You could not have class. These kids would not be able to come into a public setting and get an education. So in a very real respect, what you and your, and your colleagues do there every day makes it possible for the kids of Ottawa to come in and get a great education. Um, I do appreciate that recognition. Thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those things that I think, you know, many times we just, we, we don't even think about it. You guys are operating in a semi-transparent way. I mean, you do what you do in, in many cases in hours when there aren't even people in the building, right? That's true. Yep. Yeah. Um, like all, all summer we clean the buildings. We take all summer to just take everything out of the classrooms and dust it off, wipe it down, sanitize it, put it in the hallways. And then we scrub the floors and wax the floors and put everything back. As I drive around the community, I've had a few opportunities on my several visits there to do that. And I had really noticed that there's a tie to the past. You know, there's a real series of traditions there, the, you know, the, the canal and, you know, the Lincoln Douglas things and all of oh, these yeah. sorts of these historic things. And at the same time, I feel like this is a community that is very much about the present. It feels to me like they are really working very hard to retain a, a functioning kind of a downtown that still yeah. has that charm of a smallish community, not a teeny community by any means, but mm-hmm. you know, a, a real kind of an American hometown vibe to it. Oh, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I got to think though, there've been a lot of changes, right? You've been there your whole life. What have you seen that's changed about Ottawa from the time when you were in, in elementary school to today? Well, the I'll tell you what, you know, once we got a lot of the department stores, you don't see all those mom and pop shops anymore. And that's what I remember, the candy stores and things like that. Don't see a lot of those neighborhood grocery stores. We used to have Taylor Street. We had Killer Cane on Main. But once Kroger's came in and things like that, we just didn't have that anymore. But they still try to keep that community going. They, you know, these I've noticed a lot of fancier restaurants come in, you know, which I think is a good thing. You know, they're bringing people in from Chicago and whatnot. You know, I do miss a, a store called the bookstore that used to be on Main Street and Court Street. And they used to have a lot of novelties and, uh, you know, and if you're speaking specifically as a kid, there was a toy store, also a bookstore. So, you know, that that was always really nice. I mean, there there is the family owned restaurants that still have that traditional chicken and spaghetti family style thing going on. That was always something that, you know, people were drawn to. Um I wish the bakeries were still here. We have Steve's Bakery, which is delicious, but we used to have Spence's and Young's Bakery and and things like that. You know, those are those are kind of gone, but it's still, I mean, I notice that people are basically friendly. You know, I haven't noticed anything like any kind of big city disconnection. You know, right. this has always been a very connected town. You know, they started putting those murals up and those have been very, very nice. Very nice to look at. I noticed in, you know, Allen Park, they had to take out the playground equipment because of the flooding, but they had fixed up the sidewalk and things like that. My wife and I took a walk down there about four days ago and it looked really nice. 
You know what I'm noticing here, Jerry, is I think we're getting on to lunch hour because all of your memories about Ottawa and your youth are about food. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what are your greatest hopes for these kids moving forward as they as they move through these schools and on up to Shepherd and on to the high school or wherever they go from there? What are your greatest hopes for the kids of Ottawa? Well, I hope that they have enough confidence that they can achieve the goals that they're going to want to achieve at some certain point. I know when they're in grade school, you're not thinking about the long term, you know, but I'm just hoping that they have the opportunity to do what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. It's about options, right? Mm -hmm. It's about options. Get, you know, give them, give them the right education, give them the tools, support them and, you know, help them dream a little bit. Right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I keep saying absolutely. That's just a habit. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it tells me that we're on the right track, you know, if we're seeing it that way. So a lot of times when I sit down with the kids, I offer them a magic wand, you know, to do whatever they like with a magic wand. And so I'll do the same with you. You've got no limit on this okay. magic wands, no limit on the scope and scale of this thing. Do whatever you want. It's not constrained to school life or family life or any particular life. It's just constrained by your own imagination. And so I give you this magic wand. What do you do with that thing, Jerry? Let's bring back Len Rico's for one thing. And we'll, Look at that. It's yeah, still, the, he's back still on lunchtime. <laughs> back to the food. Yeah, I got a problem with the food. That's it's so delicious, much. you know, but I, I would, what's that word? Not sounding trite, I guess. And to let people have, you know, like I said, the confidence to, to be creative, to be able to use their imagination without any kind of worry what other people think, you know, and to, and to create what they feel like is going to do good. You know, and then just express themselves. I think that's very important that people are able to express themselves. So I try to give them a confidence magic wand spell. So they just have, they can do what they can do with their imagination and their smarts. I think we need more people that, that, do, that do have great ideas that can continue on this American thing about in, inventing things, you know. Right. And I think we need to encourage that. I can't think of anything better to do the magic wand than to, than to help folks, you know, conjure up their, their best creative selves. That's a wonderful use of the thing. And it sounds to me like you want to put a little sparkle in there into somebody's brain to maybe think about creating Lenrico's again. Bring that thing yeah. back. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I'm sure the family is, is gone now, unfortunately, but yeah, that would be, well, actually, if you go to the cheese shop, there's spaghetti sauce recipe. <laughs> They bought the recipe. So go ahead and go to the cheese shop and get some tortellini with meat sauce. You know, there are few professional opportunities we have as adults that provide a deeper sense of fulfillment than working with kids. There's just something inherently rewarding about knowing you made a difference in the life of a young person. Fred Rogers, you'll remember, the longtime host of public television program Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, was fond of admonishing his young viewers to look for the helpers. They're always there, he'd say. And in a world with countless gauntlets to be navigated between childhood and adulthood, it really does take a village. And people like Jerry Costelli, Mr. Costelli, are instrumental in those helper roles far beyond the language in their job descriptions. You know, a simple smile in the morning can change a kid's day. A little extra guidance in the lunchroom can help establish good habits. And you know, just knowing there are people like Jerry out there, caring not only for our facilities, but for our kids, it gives me hope for a positive future. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you'll subscribe to our podcast. And you know what? Join us next month because 
we're going to be sitting down with District Superintendent, Dr. Michelle Lee. It's gonna be a fun interview. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay engaged in your own remarkable journey.